Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here in Dickinson, North Dakota at Trinity High School. I am Karen Slensky along with uh, Father Bill Ruel. And we've had a great show this morning, lots sure of great guests, and it's just been um, wonderful. I'm, I'm filling in for Mike Krudowski, who is out ill. Prayers for him. Um, uh, but it's a nice opportunity to come out here to Dickinson, and it's the, um, I said it's the Sun Belt because um, the weather is super warm out here, so it's nice to be here. We're having spring in January these <laughs> yes, days. Yes, we are. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Winter cannot be short enough, if yeah. you ask me. Yep. So our last segment, we're, we're going to visit with um, Father Bill here just about, you know, kind of his calling and um, uh, his journey in his priesthood. And so we're just going to start out to um, visit with you about you know, your call to become a priest, if you can share your story with us. Sure. I was ordained on June 29th, 2011, and I'm sitting here trying to think, how has it been over 10 years already? Wow. But here I am. And so uh, my call to the priesthood, we we could spend hours, you know, talking about that. So let me try to get to the heart of the matter. Um, I think probably the most important thing I could say about my call to the priesthood is the influence of my family, and uh, I think about what Mrs. Scari was saying in the first hour about Catholic culture and how just living in a Catholic culture has an effect on who you are as a person. That was certainly the case for me in my family, uh, both as uh, a Catholic family, going to church, praying at home, the influence of grandparents, etc., as well as my parents, who they told me they were going to be listening today. So That's awesome. uh, I, they, they may be hearing me talk about them right now. <laughs> hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. And uh, anyway, having that influence, uh, I went to Catholic school, kindergarten, all the way through, through senior year of high school. And so uh, th- the influence of Catholicism has been a part of my life for literally as long as I can remember. And what I want to say about that is that was not some magic thing that made me always know I was going to be a priest and then just like automatically come out as a priest when I was you know, 25 years old. Uh, in fact, I spent many years drifting far, far away from the Catholic Church. And uh, I guess I could say when becoming a teenager happened teenage rebellion became like a full-time job for me and you know drift and drift and drift and keep searching for happiness in all kinds of things that were not god and yet the 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 catholicism that was just permanently part of me even if i thought i didn't want it to be (laughs) was always there like a like a lighthouse saying, like, here's where home is. As far out to sea as I could drift, I could still see that lighthouse. And eventually I, I was able to say, okay, it's time to start heading home. And so uh, my uh, third year of college is when that started to happen. And after a couple of years of going through this conversion process, coming back to the church, going to confession again, going to Sunday Mass again, reading the Catechism, reading the Bible, all these things. Uh, In 2004, it all kind of culminated in, I started thinking, I think I'm supposed to be a priest. 
That's and cool. and it just that thought just wouldn't go away. And when I followed through on that, got in touch with Father Tom Richter, our vocation director mm-hmm. at the time, told him everything that had been going on in my life. He he helped me make that decision to enter seminary, and uh, in 2004 that happened, uh, and uh, I was ordained seven years later, and that that was how it happened. Growing up as a Catholic, turning away from the faith, coming back, and in the rediscovery of my faith, uh, knowing that I needed to give my entire life to the Catholic faith as a priest. And that's awesome because, you know, I think you had the foundation. And that's what, you know, when you have that foundation um, as a family um, from parents, I, I, I like to quote Father Paul Becker who told us um, with having two adult children as they drift away. And they said, you know, if they, have, if, if they have that foundation, which they do, they will come back. You just have to continue to pray for them. And so, you know, that's an awesome story. Your, your parents obviously did a wonderful job. And, and you're they, you Minot know, native, yeah, is that right? Yes, I'm from Minot. Yep. And uh, my parents are still there in Minot, as well as my brother and his family and lots of other family there in Minot. So uh, I, I still get to be there often and, yeah. and still be a part of that community in some small way. My parents could also probably make us all blush with some of their stories about the things <laughs> I put them through. So uh, I'm glad that they're just listening and not talking to us right now. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could give them a call and ask yeah, right. those four stories, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. So was there one specific time, though, that you knew in your heart? I mean, you know, a lot of times you, you hear people say, you know, this is when I really knew this was my calling. I couldn't say one specific time, but there was certainly one specific period. And that would be the second semester of my fourth year of college when all of this that I was talking about really started to happen. And uh, I think a few of the highlights of that period were... Uh, when I went to confession for the first time in, I think it was like seven years, Wow! you know, and I just, I went into the priest and I said, it's been a long time since I went to confession. I'm not even sure what I'm doing anymore. And he just said, just focus on the big stuff and we'll go from there, which is still a line that I use with people now, (laughs) like just focus on the big stuff. And then it's like, okay, yeah, that, uh, yeah, we got plenty of big stuff to talk about. And and that's what happened for me. And uh, I, I also very much remember Um, After that confession, the priest said, for your penance, I want you to just go back out into the church and kneel down and look at the crucifix and thank Jesus for forgiving you. And so, you know, that became a personal thing for me that I I didn't just come back to um, a set of religious rules. I came back to a person, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, so at that time as well, uh, I was really getting into reading the catechism. So the, the intellectual nourishment that I received from that uh, was a big part of, of my uh, being able to, to see a calling to the priesthood. I thought, uh, I, could, I can understand this. I could teach this. Mm-hmm. I could help people know the joy of discovering this truth that I'm now discovering. Um, I would go to Mass, and during that whole period for a stretch of, 
four or five months, I think is what it was. Uh, every time I would go to mass, I would start weeping. I just, I, I couldn't control it. I would just start crying. And, and, uh, that was for me just an experience of being moved that deeply that I am home. God wants me here. And from within all of that stuff in that specific period of my life, um, the, what emerged from that was, I should be a priest. Ah, that's very inspiring. And that's, you know, it's just so humbling to hear things like that because I I think right now with the way the world is struggling and, you know, just to hear things like that, you know, that keeping God in your life is so important. So, you know, we appreciate that you chose that life and and thank you. You bet. (laughs) So, so, one of your first assignments um, was to be at St. Bernard's in Belfield. Is that right? Yes. So I should say, too, I, my my very first assignment was with Monsignor Chad Guion oh. at Spirit of Life in Mandan. Maggie mentioned him before. He, sure. So he taught me everything I know, everything he knows uh, in the one year that I was with him. And then after uh, one year of serving there in Mandan, as well as St. Anthony and Huff, I was assigned to be the pastor of St. Bernard's in Belfield, St. Mary's in Southheart, and Saints Peter and Paul in New Radic, uh, all here in the Dickinson area out here in North Dakota. And uh, I was pastor there for of those three parishes for six years. And then uh, in 2018, Bishop Kagan assigned me to be the pastor of St. Patrick's here in Dickinson. Oh, how exciting. So the parishes, the smaller parishes, what... What type of, um, you know, how many people are, are in those parishes? Because, you know, you don't hear about those a lot. It's, um, you know, they're kind of a little bit forgotten. You hear about the bigger communities. So, uh, Us pastors tend to talk more about number of families than mm-hmm. number of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the best of my recollection here, uh, St. Bernard's in Belfield uh, would be about 275 families. St. Mary's in South Hart, about 120, and St. Peter and Paul in New Radic, about 30 families. Oh, wow. Uh, and so uh, to look after those three different parishes, uh, I, I drove about 70 miles total every weekend, you know, just to go to sure. church. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the schedule was challenging. Two masses every Saturday, two masses every Sunday, uh, different communities with different needs, different personalities. Mm-hmm. I I learned so much about how to be a priest just by being thrown out there and basically told to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you have some special projects that went on at any of those parishes that you would like to, you know, tell us about or... The six years that I was there saw special projects in all three of those places. So we might have to wow. pick this back up after the break. But <laughs> okay. uh, uh, in New Radic, in the time that I was there, we replaced the roof on the church. It's a 100-plus-year-old church, uh, and so it needed a new roof. We took care of that. We did a, a project where we repainted all of the statues in the church. It has a lot of beautiful statues, wow. but the paint was peeling and stuff, so we had all those uh, repainted at St. Mary's in Southheart, uh, I was fortunate to be able to to launch a stained glass stained glass window project. It's St. Mary's Church, and so we came up with the idea to have the stained glass windows, which actually go all around the circumference of the church, like at the top oh, of the wall, cool. if you can imagine that. Yeah. We had 
we had the idea to make those windows depict the uh, the mysteries of the rosary. Oh, how cool And is so that? it just happened that there wow. was 20 windows plus four more. It's 24 windows total. So we did the 20 mysteries of the rosary and then four just other pictures of Mary. And wow. uh, so that project started, I think, gosh, seven or eight years ago, and they're just now finishing it. So I got to be part of starting something, and then we yep. also handed it on to, uh, to the next pastor and so forth. St. Bernard's in Belfield, we were able to do tons of stuff. We renovated the church. If you want to see pictures of it, you can go to stbernardbelfield.com and see pictures. If you're out ever out uh, in the Belfield, North Dakota area, yeah. you should stop and see it. We got to renovate the whole church. We uh, had our old school building, our parish center, which we did a lot of improvements to, put a new roof on it, uh, put new parish offices in there. Uh, uh, just really throughout those six years, we were able to set up the parish for success for the foreseeable future for Mm -hmm. decades to come in terms of taking care of our property. And so it was really exciting experience for me as a young pastor who now I can say that it's all over. I didn't necessarily (laughs) always know what I was doing (laughs) Uh, to, to, to figure out what to do and to work with all the many different people that I worked with and, and great parishioners and everything so that we could all have something that benefits everybody. Yeah. Uh, that was my, that was my first experience of being a pastor of, of going into these places where in so many ways things were ripe for doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after the break, I would have lots of stuff to say about not just the buildings and things that we took care of, but the experience of being with those people as yeah, well, as, as, as well as, uh, yeah, as yeah. well as now here in the Dickinson community too. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, we just need to take a short break here. Um, we are visiting with uh, Father Bill Ruel on his journey to priesthood and his assignments. Um, and so we have more exciting news when we come back from the break. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. 
know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish, one who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, We are at Dickinson Trinity, and I am Karen Slensky along with Father Bill Rulel. We've had a great day today. We Um, have. Lots of great guests, and I'm very appreciative for Father Bill here as well. Um, being my co-host with um, Mike being out. And so we are going to continue our um, interview with Father Bill Ruel on his journey to priesthood and also his um, assignments. He has a couple other things he'd like to share with us about his assignments and his accomplishments. Sure. Well, you know, I was starting to say before the break that uh, as exciting as all of the construction project type things of being a pastor are, and they really are for me. I love doing those things. Uh, even more important is the people. And so you've kind of taken me down memory, memory lane here thinking about Belfield, South Hart, and New Radic, my first uh, assignment as a pastor, those three parishes together uh, out here in western North Dakota. And the, the best memories that I have are memories of people stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think of Little New Radic, for example, 30 families or so in that parish when from time to time we would have a baptism or a wedding or a first communion there those were so special to me because they didn't happen very often but when they did it was such a reminder to me of just because a parish is small Mm -hmm. um, small doesn't mean not alive Huh? And and when those things would happen, uh, that was that was always just so wonderful for me to be a part of. God can come to you anywhere. He can come to you in this little town in Dunn County, North Dakota, <laughs> and that grace of God is just as real as anywhere else. I love that stuff. Those experiences. Uh, thinking about St. Mary's in Southart, one of my favorite things as far as people there was my birthday every year. Uh, they, they went out of their way to do something special for my birthday, which I share with Mother's Day. My birthday is May 13th, so as far as doing something at church on a oh. Sunday, that's always going to be, you know, <laughs> being, nice. being observed on Mother's Day. And so yeah. e- and they would let me have a little piece of Mother's Day <laughs> and, and uh, make uh, angel food cake for me. They found out what my favorite cake was, you know, before I knew why they were asking me, and then it just became a thing. Like, every year, Father Bill gets angel food cake, and that was, you know, the kind of thing that people do there. The parish potluck, parish raffle, let's get together because it's good to get together kind of stuff that I loved about South Heart. And I still have friends there. I'm here in Dickinson. I'm only 10 miles down the road, so I still get to stay in touch with so many of those people. Out in Belfield, uh, same kind of thing. Uh, I think 
some of my best memories of people in Belfield was just the the cooperation that we had to have to do all of those renovations I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. We did some pretty major things, and it it took a lot of people to to be part of it. And I got to see uh, so many of those people. Uh, at their hardest working, at their most tired, at their um, at, at their most maybe frustrated with me because I'm asking for so much more than you know uh, can be done in the amount of time that I think it's supposed to be done, and, and you know we've really had to uh, be a team which which formed friendships and uh, I think brought out the best in all of us. So I, I think about all of that stuff when I think about what it was like to be pastor of those parishes yeah it's that it's that community support yeah it just makes you feel you know that heartwarming um type of feeling i loved that experience of we are in this together yes yeah yep the team effort yeah so you're currently the pastor at saint patrick's parish here at trinity elementary as well yes so saint patrick's parish dickinson north dakota one of our elementary campuses is uh at my parish campus and so i spend three days a week normally with our students first thing in the morning. Uh, and um, probably the highlight of that is uh, the Tuesday morning mass. So we do other things on different days of the week, but the heart of it is the school mass Tuesday mornings. The The kids are the choir. They do the readings. They serve for mass. And then uh, we, we worship God together That's at mass cool. as Catholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, one thing that's exciting about that for me is I've been able to uh, really enter into a, a friendship with these students. I think that's the best word I could use for it. That sure. There's a, a friendship between mm-hmm. us, and uh, I can talk to them about God. I can answer their questions about whatever they may be thinking, from little kids asking who made God to the older kids asking how come we... Uh, the priest wears purple during Lent or whatever they may have on their mind. We talk about it. And, uh, there again, it's a wonderful experience for me of we're doing something together Mm -hmm. and, uh, together means not just me and the students, but it means they're wonderful teachers, their parents, the rest of their families, our whole community. Uh, we, we get to share our faith together and we do that all the time in in those kinds of things that we do. Yeah, and they have that comfort level. I, I noticed here at Trinity, a couple of them, you know, when they walk by. They're they all waving. Yeah. waving you know? <laughs> so it's just, I think that, you know, that encouragement that, oh, wow, Father Bill is over there. You know, I'm just going to wave to him. So You should see what happens when I go to lunch. <laughs> oh, when I'm I walk sure. into lunch, Father Bill, Father Bill. Yeah, okay, sit down, eat your hot dog. It's oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> So can you describe to our listeners the environment you set up during your homilies, like the interaction with the students? Uh, it used to be a, a little bit more interactive in the sense of I would kind of do a question and answer thing. We've curtailed that a little bit just because it takes a lot of time, and sure. we wanted to be a little bit more efficient with using our time at the school mass. So now I kind of just more talk as far as the homily. But um, I think the environment is one of of inclusion is is probably the best word i can come up with i perceive in those students that 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 they know that they belong there 
that they are included, that there's no such thing as a bad question. Uh, there's, you're not going to somehow be in trouble because you're a kid and you get a little bit bored at mass. You know, the kids are free to be themselves and, and they do respond to that. And so Christmas time, we talk about what we got for Christmas, which I haven't asked you yet what you got for Christmas. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you as well. Okay, I got running <laughs> shoes. What did you get? Oh, you know what? Actually, I got the catechism. <laughs> Okay. So, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah. So we talk about we talk about what we got for Christmas. We talk about more serious things. Uh, uh, there's it's a lively environment of just everybody's included. Everybody gets to enjoy this aspect of our school that that God is front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I tell the students all the time is Jesus is the most important person in our school, and then. They can't really tell if I'm joking or not, but then I say I'm the second most important, <laughs> uh, which I'm not. Yeah. But <laughs> and so, so the environment is one of, of, from my point of view, students being excited to be at a Catholic school. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Well, thank you, Father Bill Ruel, for your um, you know words of inspiration. Just um, everything you do for. Real Presence Radio as well, being a co-host here um, with me today. Happy to do it. It's been a pleasure working with you. And so um, we will send it over to Eli for a preview of our next show. Hey, thanks, Karen. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Teresa Curley and Heather Carroll coming to you live from South Dakota. They'll visit with Megan Kelly of St. Thomas More Catholic School in Brookings about a special event that you'll want to mark your calendars for. Plus, Sean Hansen will talk about giving young adults an opportunity to restart. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thanks, Eli. Eli, what did you get for Christmas? I got a NASA t-shirt. <laughs> all right. <laughs> James Webb Space Telescope. You must know all about that, then. It's going to be pretty cool. I've been I've been paying close attention to that. I can't wait to see as long as what, it all unfolds what, yeah, properly. That's, and... that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps up our Real Presence Live show for today. Um, uh, but stay tuned for more great programming on Real Presence Radio. Okay. Well, Father Bill, we have two more minutes. Two more minutes. Let me tell you about one other thing that I am involved in. All right. Uh, since 2014, I've been the spiritual advisor for the Curcio movement oh, yes. in the Diocese of Bismarck. And we have our Curcio weekends coming up. Because of COVID, it's been two years since we've been able to have one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the men's weekend is the first weekend of March right here at Trinity High School in Dickinson. And the women's weekend is the third weekend in March. So uh, anybody listening out there, if you have maybe a friend who's invited you to think about coming to Curcio, uh, I want to make that invitation too. Uh, Curcio has been one of the the most important things for me as a priest. I love it, and I, I'm so happy to have been involved with it for that many years. My husband went to it um, actually before we were married, and he said that is one one weekend um, that you will never forget. It it really changes your life. Um, I've wanted to attend, so may have to register for that. Okay. Yeah. You can go to bismarckcurcio.com and check it out. Our our website is a little bit under construction, but there is registration there. Uh, if you have uh, a friend out there who has gone to Curcio before, we'd be looking to that friend to be your sponsor. We ask for sponsorship oh, uh, for cool. Curcio. But, but uh, if you don't have a sponsor, 
don't let that scare you away either. We can figure it out. And they stay overnight. Is that right? For three nights. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Start, starts on Thursday, finishes up on Sunday afternoon. Great. All right. Well, that wraps up, I think, our, our show for today. Um, stay tuned for more great programming on Real Presence Live. Women Made New with Crystalina Everett. Crystalina Everett is next. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.